For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. For breakfast on SCNZ Thursday, the 25th of August. You got Kempi, Louie, Aroha, Joe, Kez up there in uh, Auckland, Tamaki, Makoto, holding the fort down. I'm down here in Ototahi, Christchurch. And well, forget the FedEx Cup, eh? Forget the FedEx Cup. There was a, uh, it was a bigger and more important cup here. In Christchurch out yesterday at the mighty Pegasus Golf Club. We'll get into that shortly, Mark. All right? Can't wait to tell you. Hey, Kempe, Morena, uncle. Oh, Morena, bro. Morena. Yeah, I've heard all about it. Hit the, hit the wire, mate. Made it all the way up here on the Kumara Vine about Daggy, <laughs> lighten up, Pegasus. Unbelievable. The burglar. Oh. Burglar, no. Burglar. No. The burglar will be <laughs> chopped in half. The handicap's going to get taken a bit of a hiding. I'll rip into that uh, shortly. I'll just give you a little update what we got coming up on the show. We're going to talk to Luke Smith, Formula One reporter. We'll join the show to shed some light on the latest in the Formula One. Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren parting ways. Parting ways, big news. And, well, can anyone stop Verstappen? We'll have a chat to Luke Smith just after 7 o'clock. And then following that, we're going to talk some NPC. We'll chat to Matt Todd, the assistant coach of Canterbury, as they look to bounce back against arch-rivals Tasman. They went down last weekend against Taranaki. Who? The mighty Amber and Black. <laughs> Taranaki, get out of it, Kimpy. <laughs> yeah, got the job done there at the Swamp in New Plymouth and about gale force winds and rain. So, yeah, hopefully it's a little bit more... Uh, finer weather this weekend for the Cantes. But, yep, Matt Todd coaching. First year at, well, having a crack at coaching, and we'll get a little update, see what he's like, see if he likes it, see if he's going to hang on and go for about another 40 years in the coaching realm. We'll have a chat to him anyway. And then following 8 o'clock, uh, 8 o'clock, sorry, we're going to chat to Sky Sports analyst and commentator Ken Laban. He'll join us after eight. Uh, just chat about his expectations for the All Blacks. He's a former leaguey, so he'll have some chat on the NRL and especially our very own 
Warriors. So looking forward to that. Give us a message on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight, double three, any time or even better. Give us a call on the Kennards Hire phone line, 0800-150-811. We would love to hear from you. Be like Mark. 5.58, he flicks a message through on the text machine. <laughs> he wants a wee update. So, yep, yesterday, lads, had the game, <clears throat> went out and played some golf, rolled into Pegasus. It was a beautiful day, honestly. Best day we've had, I reckon, for months. It was 20, I think it got up to about 22 degrees, and no wind. Usually when it gets warm here, it's very, very windy, but it was a nice, cracking day. We went to the golf course and um, had a little warm-up, had a little range, saw the lads, said g'day and chewed the fat for a bit, had a wee coffee, went had a part, and then we got on our way. Um, I, I played in the group before the lads, actually, and they were behind us, um, and we just motored. We motored. We played 18 holes in two hours. Really? Whoa. 18 holes. 18 holes in two hours. Cards? Carts for sure. Yeah, 100% oh, speed cart. golf. <laughs> speed, speed golf. Because there was um, there was eight. You know, there's they had eight. The boys, there was all the ABs had eight players. So there's uh two groups of four, and there was me and my mate. Because obviously I, I was I was like, you boys play together. You know, you guys are together. So I'll play with my mate, and we played in the group front. And it was actually three management. So David Hill and a couple of the other boys there that that uh, do all the backroom work uh, were there, and they played as well. But we shot off first, and we smoked it two hours. Anyway, I went around, and I think Geordie shot seventy six, maybe if I'm if I'm if you correct me. Geordie Barrett shot seventy six, and then the rest were all mid eighties. But I um I shot seventy two. I shot even. So I had a good day on the on the clubs, and I I messaged Mark from Tauranga straight away. And I told him, I sent him the scorecard, <laughs> shot 72, because <laughs> Mark came on and he said, if you shoot 36 Stablefords, I'll donate $100 to child cancer, send him the photo, he sends a receipt back, and he's donated $100 Good to man. Child Cancer Foundation. Mark from Tauranga, what a legend, eh? Yeah, what a legend. What a legend. Yep, so uh, I, I thought he didn't believe me, but I had to send him the scorecard. But yep, he sent it through, and... Uh, and got it done. So thank you, Mark, for being an absolute legend. Absolute legend and, and donating that money. But good day out of the course, lads. It never happens like that, but something just clicked. Something just clicked. So the guy I played with, he's a pro, and uh, he just said to me, look, move your hips. So I, kept, I was getting quite stuck when I was trying to rotate through, so I started moving my hips. Well, he shouldn't have told me that, mate. I was banging it all. It was all go. But not very enjoyable day. Good to see the lads. Uh, had a few holes with them. After I finished nine, I went out and, and just followed them around and jumped in and played a couple with them. It was, it was good fun. Great day out, lads. Good week. What the, did you submit your card? Yeah, I did. I did. So the guy I actually played with, he's a GM at Clearwater, and we played at Pegasus. But Pegasus was out. Uh, their Wi-Fi was down. So he's had to take it back to um, Clearwater, and he's going to put it through. Gonna put it through. I'll send you. I'll send it through on the chat. I'll send it through on the chat. Oh, nice. What does that? So what does that put you down to? What, what does that drop your handicap to? Oh, I'm off for five point one. I don't know. I don't actually know how the new handicap starts, but it might go down to four or something, which Whoa, is not ideal. Daggy, daggy I'm not can a, play a bit of golf. Oh, I'm not a four. <laughs> I'm not a four. I'm definitely not a four, boys. Oh, I played last Friday. I shot eighty six. So hey, that's a, 
It's a roller coaster, isn't it? Don't worry. Mark, <laughs> Mark reckons that you came through. Burglar is right. There were a couple of swear words out of when I got the text. It was pretty early, so I reckon as he couldn't wait to claim the hundred bucks. <laughs> mate, the whole day I was just like, oh, mate, can't wait. I got I got forty one stabies, I think it was. So, um, but <laughs> let them. Yeah, I just messaged him straight away. I said, hey, mate. 41 stabies, let's go. It was funny, but, uh, but honestly, that, it was good for him because I would have done it. I would have donated um, 100 bucks to child cancer because it's a good cause and we we try to raise some money on here. We, we would have raised a wee bit, haven't we, Louie? Well, we, you've done all right on the HRENZ and the Greyhound. Yeah, we've got a couple of tips to dish out today as well. Um, mm. and Got a good one for you for tomorrow. Yeah, Ooh. but um, I don't know. I don't have. I've been asking for the official tally. I, I reckon it's quite a bit, though. I reckon we're probably closing in on yeah, maybe eight hundred, maybe more, like a grand actually. But um, yeah, we've been going pretty good with HR and Z and GRU and Z. So we're trying to track down an official tally, but it way better than the first season anyway, which is good news. Hey Izzy, I want to know how are they travelling? How are the all yeah, boys travelling? Yeah, they're good, mate. Really good, actually. Um, it was good to actually catch up. Oh, look, they were happy. They were in a good place. And I just think, um, you know, that there's a, there's like continuity now. And then they just really got, got, they're really settled. They've got people in places and <clears throat> that they're in their own backyard. Most of the players, I was with Sam Watlock yesterday and he, had, he woke up and did all the family duties and, and gave his wife a bit of a break. So there's a bit of normality to this week. So I, I actually think they're in a good headspace. And we'll chat. We'll chat about it um, throughout the show for sure about the expectations uh, going into this game because I was reading Michael Checker's comments that no one's really uh, predicting the Pumas to put up some sort of effort, and we're expecting the All Blacks because of what's gone on, and now the bus is kind of settled. That we're going to get some normality back and maybe get some um, continuity going with our game and and, and relationships and selections. So, no, honestly. I reckon, um, yeah, they were in good headspace. They were in good headspace. Good the boys to hear. Were, were sharp and and um, and happy. Bait. It was just a cracky day. Good day, no wind, and you just can't beat it when you when you've been dealing with two hundred mils <laughs> every week. So the morale was up. The morale was up. Mm. Yeah. Now it's still plenty of rain around up here, up up in the North Island. Uh, talking. Ooh. I had a chat to El Sheikh Sharok yesterday about a few runners that he's got in. So. We'll talk about that over the next couple of days as well. You'll be happy to hear. Jam? Uh, and <laughs> should I, I should tell him that. Louis texts Louis texts me, yes. <laughs> Mate, you know, like Al, Al, will, Al will get to me when he gets to me, and I you know, hadn't even mm. thought about it, but Louis beat him beat him to it and said, does does your horse go right on the weekend? I'm like, mm, okay. No, I better phone Al and <laughs> <laughs> find out. <laughs> so we had a good chat yesterday. He's got uh, he's got a few runners, actually, starting tomorrow in Hawara, uh, Awapuni. He's got a got a couple. Um, I think he's got five. Who's, over who's the running? He's got Aracena, well, the, it, Cherry Rose, yeah. in the Foxbridge. We've got the the headliners. We got, got the headliners in the Fox Foxbridge, which Louis's going to. I think the said date. Not going. Uh, not, not going. Now. Not going anymore. But Tavi Mac is back, and I actually that that Foxbridge market's out. Tavi Mac's back at the races, and I actually think Tavi Mac's a little bit of a blowout chance here. It, it, never lost fresh up. And Imperatriz is clearly the one to be. And Imperatriz will probably just go around and win. But outside that, Tavi Mac, I think about $8.50, $2.50 thereabouts, and took a bit of money straight away as they ordered Butler, second favourite, and then Darcy LaBella, 
lost a little bit of favours with the bookies after her um, weird performance in the Opanaki Cup. She just didn't settle. But And then just ask me, again, heavyweight. I'm actually a bit worried that Awapuni's not going to go ahead. Mm. Just speaking to a couple of trainers. It's been that weird. Another day, another Saturday with only one race meet. Man, it's not good, but I guess the weather you can't really help. It's just is what it is, and our infrastructure is just our tracks just can't cop that much weather. Mm. I'm just going through that uh, Foxbridge uh, list at the moment. Got Butler, Butler's in there with a chance, paying three dollars eighty, but no one's come closer. Beatrice, who's just first, first, first spell first with Opie on back. Oh, tough beat. Tough beat, but um, big weekend. Hopefully it goes through, uh, Louis. Hopefully we get some racing through and the Shake Chiroc can get us paid because yesterday, boys, ooh, close. three seconds in the multi. Yeah, yeah. close. Close. Imagine if you're three seconds. top two bidding. <laughs> well, imagine, Louis. <laughs> Better than nothing, isn't it? Better, Better than, than nothing. nothing. Yeah, no, I had uh, Al- Alchemia... Is it Alchemia? Alchemia yeah, uh, into Sanduts. Sanduts that ran a good race. Oh, yeah. And then Marlborough Boy, who came second to you, the one you picked, Fellini. Fellini. So a good day out, but uh, just not quite good enough for me. But awesome to see the horses back. Mark Walker's stable, Tiako, back out there. They had a good day. Oh, went bangs. Won six races. Mark Walker's come back seamlessly into New Zealand racing, hasn't he? And um, they've got some firepower. Sanduts was huge. We'll lose no favours. What about Johnny's, Johnny Barry's one, though? Coming from way back in the field with Sam Spratt on. Ears pricked at the line. So she looks like she's got a bit of something to her. But Sun Zoot will lose no favours. Uh, Marlborough Bay also is, looks like he's in for a good three-year-old year. Fellini's come back strong. Uh, Savito, who he tipped out, broke her maiden, and she should go on and win a nice race. Outfit came back in over 1,300 metres, won a race for Waikato Stud where... I, I didn't think she would. I thought it would be too short for her best. So some really good racing yesterday and this weekend. We'll hit some nice stuff as well, and I can't wait to get ripped in with the good oil team. A couple of texts here come through for you, Izzy, before we do our can't wait question of the day. we better get to. Who was the best golfer in the All Blacks, both from when you were you in the team and in the current squad, and who hits the longest ball? I think Geordie Barrett's the answer in the current squad. Is that about right, Izzy? Yeah, Geordie's off like a two, or he might be even scratch. He's pretty good. Very, very sharp. He hits a big ball. He hits a big ball, even though I got him on 17 yesterday. That's all right. Uh, he hits a big <laughs> ball. <laughs> no, he's very, 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 very classy. Uh, Richard Kahui, actually, was a sharp <laughs> golfer. A very sharp golfer. So Richard Kahui would probably be right up there. But those two would be the best I've played with. Yeah, Geordie Barrett and, and Richard Kahui. That's... Daggy does he does Daggy play the other night? Jerry, come on. That's a good shout, though. That was a good shout. Yeah, I've had a... I said to myself, if I ever shoot 100, I'll give up golf forever. So if I do, Jerry, you'll be the first to know. Mate, you wouldn't even know there's a game. Are the All Blacks too good to speak to the public? No other sport is like this. That is from Chris venting his frustration, and we are with you, Chris. It is frustrating. Even a, a fellow... Past player struggles to get in there and, and get get a couple of players. But, look, tomorrow we've got Jace Ryan on the show. Jason Ryan's going to come on tomorrow morning, and he's going to shed some light on the week uh, going into this game. And, well, just how's he enjoying the uh, coaching rounds? But, yep, it is frustrating. We, we want to get players on. I, I guess the thing is the 6 till 9 in the morning is 
a difficult time for us, but hey, that doesn't say the same thing for other shows. So there is something here. We'll keep plugging away for More you, accessible. Chris. Yep, we'll keep plugging away, eh, Kempe? Of course. We'll get him eventually. No comment, Chris. <laughs> no comment, because I don't want us to lose our Jace Ryan interview tomorrow. Our first interview in about a month. <laughs> 20 minutes past 6 o'clock. Actually, on the rugby, that's where I'm going today. And as it is a Thursday. Can't wait question of the day. Interesting question there about Matt Todd from James. We can get to a little bit later on. But can't wait question of the day today is it's team naming Thursday. About 11.30, I think they roll the teams out these days. There or thereabouts. Yep. As he's been on the Instagram, so he knows who's starting where. He's, <laughs> he's, he's sleuthing out the AV's Instagram to work out what combinations we're going to see. My can't wait question of the day today is, who are you giving a chance against Argentina? Who are you giving a chance and which position? And take that question and run with it. 0800 150 Are you giving a senior player another chance to prove themselves? Are you giving a senior player or a player out of form a chance to put themselves back in form? Are you giving a youngster a chance to start and cement their place? Are you giving somebody a chance to play in a different kind of position than they have been playing? Who are you giving a chance in this team selection? 20 minutes past 6 o'clock here at the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Daggies on the IG. Kempe's cooking up a storm up top there, and they're going to give their answers after this. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Who are you giving a chance? Yes, Kempe, we're doing the radio show 26 minutes past 6 o'clock this morning. <laughs> Woo! I was just about to ask you a quite a pretty important question, which I know the answer because you'll say yes, but now I'm not going to ask it. I'm just going to wait. Was it, is it on air quality? We are in dump. We're in delay. No, no. Yeah, it is on air quality, but well, it's probably off for you. Go really. on, Kempe, ask <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <I'll wait. laughs> uh, all righty, 26 minutes past 6 o'clock. Who are you giving a chance to? Chris says Stephen Pettifetta definitely needs a chance and maybe give Lester a start. Oh, Chris, you've... Look, Lester, I think, is with Tasman, unfortunately, isn't he, is he? But, um, yeah, I, I would like to see him have another crack in the black jersey. I don't think what happened in the Irish series was a fair representation of his efforts. What do you think? He'll get a crack. He'll get another opportunity for sure. Um, just needs game time. It's hard when you go away with the team during a series and you go to South Africa and you're just not getting that game time. So those boys need to tick the bodies over. Um, the genuine change will be Peter Fetter will come in and he'll get opportunity off the bench. But after you beat South Africa, our biggest wow, downfall over the last couple of years is we've ch- made too many changes. We've never allowed relationships and continuity and selections to be able to form. So I'm not expecting any changes, but if there was going to be one, I would give um, Sevo a chance on the, on the wing. I don't know if he's back at Tasman, but I'll give Sevo a chance back at the wing and, and with... Um, no, Sevo's there. He's there. With, with Caleb Clark, and then I'd maybe give Geordie, um, Will Jordan the crack at fullback. That would be my only change. Other than that, or potentially around the halfback. But other than that, I want the same because I want to be able to uh, reiterate him and, well... Mirror that performance in South Africa. You got to do that with same selections, building those relationships. So, Peter Feta, maybe Will Jordan to fullback and potentially halfback. Yeah, but other than that, keep it the same. Yeah, like that, like that. I, I think they they do an injustice if they change a team, especially mm. after uh, going through you know half a dozen losses and just getting that win up in South Africa. I'm I'm looking forward to the same front row playing. 
I think if you yeah. look at the group, Lomax and, and Takuyuho, they're in the front row. I think it's a chance up against these mean, meat-eating Argentinians who were rough and yeah. tumble to really nail, nail a, a, uh, another game and, and get some confidence going into the, the back end of the year. So that's, for me, I wouldn't make any changes. I think that I think yeah. making changes at the right. moment would be the worst thing to do. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, did you get any mail on whether Bodie is, in fact, scratched? I uh, didn't get any mail, but he was there. Seen him. Was he swinging freely? So, yeah, he was fine. He was all good. It was good to catch up with Bodie. I actually think it's uh, it's a precautionary with um, you know, his head. You know, oh. he's had a lot of, you know, just little little bumps and little niggles. So just trying to stay safe, you know, like because uh, longevity within the game and contact area, you've got to look after you your brain, because we've seen the repercussions from it. So I, I think it's just one of those precautions. But it was good to see both. Yeah. But he'll be out. He'll be out. So Perfetto will potentially come in and, and fix the fill that void. And be good for a, a young Perfetto to get an opportunity. Yeah. Look, I think you think I know what you guys are saying about continuity, and I think the most probably the most important place there now is if they are committed to it. And Frank Bunce has been saying this. Richie, Davey and Rico, let them have another go all together. And now, especially with Jack Good, you're not an option for the next few while. Rico Ioani, I mean, <laughs> I feel a bit bad for him because he actually hasn't been playing that poorly. And he had his best game ever last time where people were still kind of undermining him as a centre. But now I think this is just the time where you just pin your ears back, Rico, and you say, I am the all-black centre. And next to David Harvelli, who creates another bit of a, kind of takes a bit of a playmaking burden off both the first five and the centre with his kicking ability. I just love to see those three, Richie, Davey and Rico, all get a good go. And one for you very quickly before we shoot off, you guys both starting Shannon Frizzell on the blind side again? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%, mate. He was big in South Africa. And if he can keep bringing that every week, may he start every week for me. Excellent. Um, Dave from Karaka, we'll get to your text after this. And the Didham boys at the stable say first rock today at the Rickett and Synthetic in race five is a winner. And if you want to dabble okay. and you want to back it up, and you want first, <laughs> if you want to go a little bit early, Jin Lu in race one, the money's come, the Didham boys are on. Oh. So Keep Dave. that there. I haven't done it yet. Oh, yeah, sorry, okay. I'll pull that text back over. 29 away from seven. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota together with. CNZ 26 and a half away from 7 o'clock this morning. Asking who you're going to give a chance. Who are you giving a chance, whether to prove themselves, to fight back, to cement a spot, just to see them in a black jersey. In this team naming at about 11.30 odd today here for Argentina on Saturday night. Chris has already made the point that we haven't heard from the All Blacks this week and there hasn't been any hype about the test uh, he allowed and clear there. Chris, it is a little bit disappointing, but regardless, I know you guys will get behind them when it comes Saturday night because we are massive All Blacks fans. Uh, Dave from Caracas says, I think they're going to pres- if they're going to persevere with RTS, it's time to give them a go and find Anuku. Otherwise, there's no point of being there. Have a good day. P.S. Izzy needs to mix top three and wins. Cheers, Dave Caracas. <laughs> 
I did, Dave. I did. I had Alchemia top three and then back-to-back wins, and I got second, second. So I did. Yes, Dave, there's a lot of what-ifs going through my mind. Every multi. Okay. I get it. I get it. Stick to your guns, is he? Stick to your guns. <laughs> but hear you loud and clear on RTS. No, where, don't stick to your guns. Where do you reckon uh, what, what? Don't listen to him. Play speed, mate. Take the small fish. Stop going for the shark all the time. Never on the tail, always on the nose. <laughs> I think there's a time and a place for a place, a good place multi, but even yesterday, like I probably wouldn't have even recommended place multi because those fields were so deep. I think you did a hell of a job to pick three three horses that ran in the top three, to be honest. Love Racing.nz, mm. by the way, if you're going to go catch any of those replays. Um, do you know one thing I realised watching the racing yesterday? How <laughs> Every year we say the same thing. How doomed the New Zealand racing industry is going to be when Opie Boston retires? Like he's mm. so much better than everyone else. So much. I'm sorry, but he's. I'm actually not sorry. He's just so good. He's mm. dead set. Puts two to three lengths on every horse he gets on against New Zealand riders. They can't stop him. He just he he rates a horse better than anyone in the country. He get, he understands the tempo of a race. He understands his horse that he's on. Um, and he's just got that last little bit of X factor and can put him put a horse through a gap that you know that mm. only the top jockeys he's like can pierce the needle and he's closer to James McDonald than he is to you know at the average New Zealand jockey and we've known that for a long time and we, so when he races against these the slot he just carves them up. We've always produced good jockeys, Kempi. We've always produced really good jockeys. One from Waitara. And Michael Walker, and uh, hopefully he's doing okay, Uncle. Um, but um, we've always produced, so surely there's someone on the factory line that, that's you know, there's always one that just comes out of nowhere that's going to take over the take over the helm. Who, who would that be? Who's going to be our, our premier jockey once Opie finishes? Because he's you know, he can't be around forever. Who would that be? Well. I've said it for a while now, but um, he's not at the races at the moment, I don't think. It's Sam Weatherly, and um, mm. yeah, we'll just see what happens with Sam. Um, but he's he's a very professional rider. And then there's yep. you know young Joe Cameroodin, who is starting to ride good, and I remember Leith told us to watch him, and he was going well. I mean, like, you've got yeah. Lisa Rulepress, and you've got these other senior jockeys. You've got Craig Grills. Like, there are good jockeys. McNabb, obviously, is riding, like, out of his skin. Like you've well, got, never, re- you've got really good senior jockeys, and Nabba, I'm not. I mean, Nabba's probably mid thirties, I think. So he's still got mm. a good decade left in him, at least, if he wants to, um, and maybe longer. But it's just there's not. I don't know who the next Opie Boston level talent is. Like that's what I mean. Like Opie, you you watch Opie on a day like yesterday, and he's only been back riding for a couple of weeks now properly, and his weight has he's working so hard on his weight to be able to get to that fifty six and a half for Imperatrice this weekend. But you watch him yesterday when his eyes in, and it's just there's just no one like the gap from the next best to Opie when Opie's in form is, well, again he's closer to James McDonald than he is to your average senior rider, and I don't I wouldn't know is he? How, it's like how do you find the next? Who's the next? Is he Dag? It's hard to know. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably hard to answer this question. But what what is it like? What makes them a good jockey? Obviously, they've all got the same stature. It's obviously mindset and the ability to connect with the horse uh, like what do you feel like makes a good jockey from what we've seen from Opie what is it instinct 
He's got instinct, but I think what people say, and speaking to Opie, the the way he can rate a horse, and when you say rate a horse is know what's underneath you and know when to push the button and be able to bring it back to you and let it go and actually time your run. And he understands distance and time on distance probably innately way better than every other jockey. And you watch them. They don't start going on their horses until he goes. So you're right. They're, a lot of the time in big races, he kind of makes the move because they are all, a lot of the jockeys have been, and like not everyone will agree with me on this, but he a lot of the time you can watch other jockeys watching Opie and seeing where his horse is going and trying to track him into a race. And I don't know, some of that's Kempe's, that's just like, yeah, that innate ability to be able to understand time on distance. And no, he's got, ta- he definitely got talent. Like he's got a bucket loads. Um, just thinking a little bit about where the next one comes from is he, you know, like that's one of the big jobs I think Bruce has, has at uh, New Zealand Thoroughbred is how do you create that pathway and that understanding of an athlete when they, they got an opportunity to jump on the back of a horse and make a living out of it, uh, but be regarded as sports people, you know? So there's a lot of small people around that can be jockeys. They just don't understand what that pathway into being a jockey is. And, you know, you're right. Times are changing all the time. So, you know, the Michael Walkers um, and the likes that are coming through, we don't have that big bunch of young people coming through. I don't I don't personally think. And I think if they create decent pathways, I guess recognition from Sport New Zealand that it is an actual sport, then maybe we might see an influx of people. Actually, I, I, I should shout out, we spoke to a young lady by the name of Lily Sutherland on the mail run uh, a couple of Saturdays ago. Now, Lily is, oh, she wouldn't be much older than a teenager, I don't think, and she's her first year of riding. She's an apprentice four claimer, so she claims four kgs, and she spoke about kind of what she's enjoying about the industry, and I've heard from people that she's really respectful and she's doing it the right way, and she, if she really wants to knuckle down and make a good fist of it as a lightweight rider in New Zealand and the central districts, she could be a good rider for a very long time. She seems to do it the right way. She's getting good advice from guys like Kevin Myers, etc. And by the way, I just doing the preliminary form last night, She's on one. I'll actually be happy to have a bet on this weekend. Race number four, the market's out. Awapuni, Hooks. If Awapuni goes ahead, Hooks on the heavy track, I think it's a, a nice chance with the 50 and a half kilos on her back in race four. Anyway, love racing.nz. Good questions, Izzy, and um, I'm, I'm not sure where we're going to get another Opie Boston from. And Mark says he gets the horses to ride, put CWJ on, and he's the same, if not better. Look, no disrespect to Chris Johnson at all, but I'm also not going to let you say that Opie's the only good because he gets the horses to ride. He's he's a bit of a freakish athlete, and it is chicken and egg. Um, Mark, you'll never be able to disprove one, but I do know for a fact there's a reason Opie gets the good Apples horses to ride. Apples and oranges. There you go. 19 away from seven. After this, 0800 150 We've done. What, what pl- time is it? It's your time. It's quizzy you know what dag. time it is. <laughs> <laughs> quizzy dag. 19, 18 away from seven this morning. Daggy has got a quiz for you, and we've got you a chance you to get to me. the Gold can't Coast. can't beat me. I'm on a heater. Five, I'm on a heater. Hundred. Are you going to the Goldie? Mm, I'm going, and I'm definitely going, and none of you can beat me, so uh, good luck today. Light us up like a Christmas tree. Oh, 800, 150, <laughs>
You hear me asking all these questions on your radio. Giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win. Supercars on the line. 0800 150 811, you're mine. It's Quizzy Deck. Give it a go. It's Quizzy Deck. Now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Deck. Who knows the most? It's Quizzy Deck. We're going to the go go. Well, everyone stood up to the challenge posed by one and only Quizzy Dag, Izzy Dag. The phone lines are running hot, and well, it's only fitting. Anton, you're up first, buddy. Morning. Morning, my boys. <laughs> Good luck today, mate. Here we go. Question number one. Gina Crampton has been granted a sabbatical for the rest of the year, nipple year. Which ANZ premiership team does she captain? Oh, not a bloody duck. Uh, give us a clue, Kimpy, please. Nafitu Kiterangi. Oh, don't know what that is. You can't Google that fast. Ah, oh, nah. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's Probably not them or them. It'll be... Why can't it be a bit magic, is it? Matewa. Oh. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not, not the magic. Sorry, brother. Have a good day, Anton. Brenton. Morning, brother. Good job, mate. How are you, my man? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, brother. Appreciate it. Here we go. Gina Crampton. I'll have a guess. I don't in? know, but I think, it's, I think it's a Southern Steel, I think. I don't know. Maybe. Ooh, it's not the Southern Steel. Sorry, Brenton. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Damon and Palmy. Morning, Damon. How are you, Edge? Very well, very well. Which ANZ Premiership team does she captain? Gina Crampton. I'll try the tactics. Ooh, <laughs> it's not the tactics. We're going through the teams. Have a good day, Damon. Jade from Hamilton. Kizzer's probably got the question wrong. Nah, he's he's he got it. Gina Crampton, ANZ Premiership team. Who does she captain? Stars. Ah, all stars, all stars. Yeah, well done. Well done. Question number two: Which club will Nani Laumapi play for? It was announced yesterday. Oh, have a clue on that one. Ah, uh, yep, you've got this one. Uh, Illawarra. Dumplings. I'll give, him a, I'll give him a clue. Hello, all our dumplings. The dragons oh. over in uh, the steel, the Kobe steel dragon. Yeah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> you like that, is? Hey! <laughs> How'd you get that out of that? Oh, base. They are lying. I want, have a, I want to have a little look at your brain. Here we go. Question number three. Which nation 
is former All Black Tawaraniko, uh, Tawaraku Balo. Sorry, not Tawaraniko. Tawaraku Balo <laughs> apparently switching allegiance to. France, wouldn't it? No, it is not France. Sorry. No. Have a good day, Jade. Appreciate it. Tony from Auckland. Morning. Morning, boys. Morning, morning. Which nation is former All Black Tawarakubala apparently switching allegiance to? Apparently. Wow. Aussie is correct, and if that is correct, wow. Wow. I can't believe it. First, I've heard it. Question number four. Zach Lomax has made the most errors this season in the NRL with 40 errors. Who sits in <laughs> second with 37? Wow. <laughs> no. Come on, man. Good riddance, too. Um, oh, I don't have the point of bring all of that. Greece Uira. <laughs> Oh, come on, Uncle Wallace. You say what I said again? Can you repeat it? Greece Uira. Oh, mate. What was the question again? No. <laughs> Sorry, brother. Oh, Kez is going off in the kitchen. Yeah, Kez is going off. Kez is going off. We're going to go to Mike for Christchurch. Morning, Mike. Morning, guys. Who sits in second place with the most errors in the NRL? He's in the Warriors. Greece Uira. Greece Walsh. is correct. All righty, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Rodrigo is current top goal scorer in the EPL. Which club does he play for? Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea's correct. Told you, too hard for you today. And I win. No one well wins. Done. It's over. Yeah, I won. The answer's leads, by the way, and the Quizmasters won because we got to go. And somebody's protested. Kez, Gina Crampton isn't captain of the Northern Stars. Oh, we'll let you defend yourself after this. <laughs> SENZ, and there's a little bit of conjecture here about who is captain of the Northern Stars. Um, yeah, I think we'll just pay it. We'll give Kez the benefit of the doubt as the netball savant and guru, Maya Wilson. Kez, some thought they're co-captains. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, so you actually did get me on a technicality there. I should have worded it as co-captain. I just like to use efficiency of words. So I only place captain. So Maya Wilson was the original captain of the Stars. Jenny Crampton was captain of the Steels and the Silver Ferns. When she moved to the Stars, they became co-captains while Maya Wilson took a little break. So, yeah, you got me on a technicality. I'm never talking netball again. You got me. <laughs> oh, kids, I love it. I love it, mate. We're proud of you. We appreciate you coming on, mate. You know what? Should have uh, been a lawyer. Yeah. Can I go to the Gold Coast now, please? <laughs> you can go to the Saying's Gold Coast. Saying's economy of words, mate. Coast. You can go watch the Formula One with Luke Smith at Melbourne. Here he is. He's up next. Here's out of the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Gift sets, now only $9.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ, Thursday the 25th of August, 7 o'clock already. 7 o'clock already, we had a tough quiz this morning and well, I told you, told you it's going to be tough, ain't no giveaway today, eh? Ain't no giveaway today, so come back tomorrow and give yourself another chance. We're getting close to the draw. To head to the Gold Coast, courtesy of Willamette Travel. We're not, well, how far away are we from the draw there, Louis? What, do we have an exact date? Uh, yeah, we do. I think it is ooh, maybe the 4th of September or thereabouts. Not far. There you go. 4th of September. We are not far away. We want to get as many of you as in the, in the quiz, in the draw, to have a chance to go to the Gold Coast. You're also winning a $50 TAB voucher, which Joe would really appreciate on the text machine. Morena Gents had an absolute fill-up yesterday following Sir Opie Blossom. And then somewhere in my head I remember hearing the words, one kiss was running up a storm at the trials. So lamped it. Lamped on the, with the wheelbarrow and watched the fill-up tip over and spill all over the ground and just soak into the grounds. Always another day, Louie. Always another day. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. I've felt your pain, brother. It's, uh, you know, it's not enjoyable, but you just go back <laughs> for more, mate. Gamble responsibly, R18. All right. Coming up, we're going to talk some Formula One. We're going to talk some rugby. Matt Todd, yes, James. Matt Todd, nice. Do you think he was before his time, Izzy? Do you think he was before his time? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, Louis, what do you think? You think it was before his time? I think he's a. You know, cl- you're a huge fan of Matt Todd. I think he's a classical um, open side flanker. So I don't think he's before his time in his style of play. But I think he mm. goes in a really unlucky window where we had mm. some unbelievable. When we had Richie McCaw onto Sam Kane, and he just never quite got that clean run at it. So maybe that's what James yeah. is talking about, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a difficult uh, situation with him, but um, when he was playing with the Crusaders, he was picked most times ahead of Richie, and and just never was got the opportunity to go for. But appreciate it. He's coming up about seven forty. But right now, we are going to talk some F one. He went to Renault. He's gone to McLaren. He's going to get the victory now. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Lando Norris comes home to make it a one-two for the men from Woking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. The high of the highs for Daniel Ricciardo, winning at Monza to become McLaren's only race winner for a decade. But the laughs have dried up in recent time for both the team and the highly popular Danny Rick. Results have been hard to come by, and after a lot of consideration, the team and Daniel have decided this will be the last in the famed McLaren. Luke Smith is a gun F1 reporter for Autosport, and he's on the line with us now. Morning, Luke. Appreciate your time, mate. Uh... Some interesting news coming out of the F1. Daniel Ricciardo, McLaren splitting ways, mate. Is it a happy relationship uh, ending? Uh, good morning, guys. Yeah, it's pretty pretty big news. I think not surprised. The writing has been on the wall for a few years now. We've known that they were talking behind scenes away through a part company at the end of the season. It comes a year before Daniel's contracts. And uh, yeah, I think they've tried putting a positive spin on everything and they've said, look, it's the best move for both parties. We know Daniel's a pretty significant payout. So he's 
uh, scrapping around next season. But uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a big surprise. It was a obviously big high at Monza. Hearing that commentary again, it's uh, really amazing just how things have turned around. But the team has been pretty clear. And that's why I push for a change. Hey, Luke, is uh, is he considered by the, the diehard Formula One fans as a good bloke? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Dan is like hugely across the world. We uh, we'll just try to get we'll try to get Luke back on a phone line there. That's just a little bit of shoddy internet. We'll just give him a bell on his mobile and see if we can uh, get him get him back that way. He is a, he's a hell of a bloke. I think the the funny thing and Aroha will be um will will want to chime in here because he back in the early days of drives to survive where the big teams didn't want to uh, contribute. He was kind of the star of the initial drive to survive, and I think that's kind of where he shot to fame and where a lot of the love came from. But he's just the happiest-go-lucky Australian guy. But he was also ruthlessly fast early days with Red Bull before Max Verstappen came around, and he was a weapon out there. So a little bit of a different version of him nowadays. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my thoughts on it, Kimby. Oh, I thought you were talking to Smith. I thought you were talking to Luke. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, look, honestly. No. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, mate. I'm just waiting. This is so weird. Is he coming on soon shortly? I can't wait. Uh, mate, honestly, yeah, look, I was, I've, I've become a big fan, and Luke's just joined the show now. Luke, we asked you the question, is he really liked on, on, on the Formula One driver standings? Do people still love him? Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about dropping out there. But uh, yeah, no, no way. people really do love Dan. We've seen that on Netflix. And I think the other big thing is that everyone knows just how good he is as a racing driver. He he scored eight wins. He was brilliant with Red Bull. Uh, he took, took the fight really closely to Max Verstappen, who's now world champion. So we know what he can do. I think that's why it's such a surprise things haven't worked out with McLaren. But yeah, he's definitely the kind of bloke. I think everyone hopes he lands a really good drive for next season and stays on the grid because I think him being in Formula One, it just makes Formula One a, a better place, really. Mate, what, what is it with Daniel Ricciardo? Um, you know, he's he's obviously been there. He's, he's won and he knows the feeling of winning and you can't coach that. You know, you've got to have that, that instinct. You've got to have that ability for him, uh, you know, what, what's the reason for this current form drop-off? I think it's just really down to, to the car. Like, the car just doesn't adjust to his driving style, and he's really struggling to get to grips with it. And every single Formula 1 car is different. It's got its own characteristics. The McLaren, it's really good on high-speed corners, but less good on sort of, like, medium and slow-speed corners. And even Ricardo's teammate, Lando Norris, he says it's a very difficult car to drive. And Norris has outscored Ricardo this season, got a podium earlier this year. So it's not really like it's not like he's saying one thing and Daniel's saying completely the other. It's just that Lando's more able to adjust himself, I think, to the car. So I think that's really what it's down to. And I think we've seen in the past that yeah, you give Daniel the right car, he can be really quick and really, really strong. And uh, I I expect to see that wherever he ends up next season, as long as things uh, fit a little bit better. But yeah, that's really what it's down to. It's literally just the car that hasn't gelled well with him. He struggles to get to grips with it, and uh, that's made him uh, yeah struggle perform so much. Hey, Luke, who's, who's McLaren got lined up to replace him? So it's looking like it'll be another Australian, a young guy called Oscar Piastri. So he won the Formula 2 last season. He's got a really, really good junior record, and people have been eager to get him into Formula 1 
for some time. Um, he looked like he was going to race for Alpine, which is the team that has helped him all the way through his career. But uh, because they were taking so long to basically work out what they were doing, they looked like they were going to try and keep Fernando Alonso, but then he made a shock switch over to Aston Martin. And basically that part sort of went on so long that Piastri was like, well, I'm going to look at other options. And McLaren, they, they want him. They can see his talent. He's really young. He's only 21 years old. So I think he'd be a really good addition. But uh, yeah, it looks like they're going to swap one Australian for another, although there is a bit of a contractual uh, drama between uh, Alpine and McLaren over where Piastri will be racing because Alpine keeps saying, well, no, he's our driver and we're going to have him for next year. So uh, that's the plan, though, to get Piastri in the car. Mate, for such a, a, a big, a giant in the car manufacturing world as you've got McLaren, where, where are the bosses? Are they under pressure? Zach Brown and, and, and the team that haven't been able to create a car to fit the driver's needs, you know, like this, obviously they've got quality drivers, but the cars are reacting. So where does Zach Brown and McLaren go? Yeah, I think there's definitely, definitely some questions they're going to be asking themselves. And they said it's a pretty sad day for McLaren that it's come to this with such a great driver like Daniel, because they should have been able to give him the car where he could, yeah, fight for wins regularly and, and be at the front. And McLaren, I mean, they're a team that they can't quite compete with likes of Ferrari and Mercedes and Red Bull because they've not got the budget, they've not got the facilities. And it's going to take a few years, I think, for everything to really get up to speed on the front for them. So I think for now, they're trying to sort of be best of the rest and do what they can. But uh, yeah, I mean, this year looks like they're probably going to finish fourth in the championship, which is down from third a couple of years ago. And they were fourth last year. And um, yeah, they might even put fifth this year. So it's, it's definitely something they've got to look at. How do they stop this kind of decline? And how do they make sure they get the car right for next season? Because they went into this year saying, look, we've got a new car. We want to make sure it's for drivers and we get rid of those sort of kinks and characteristics that don't quite add up with uh, what the drivers want. And clearly that happens. So, uh, yeah, I don't think they're quite under any pressure yet, but I think they're definitely going to be looking at this whole scenario. And, uh, yeah, particularly if you're the, the big bosses in the car and you're going to say that signing Ricardo ended up being quite an expensive uh, experiment that didn't really come off. Hey, Luke, there's always stories going on in the F1. Give us a storyline we can look forward to next week. Uh, this week? Um, well, I think let's keep an eye out for what um, we might see another couple of manufacturers coming in. We've got uh, Porsche and Audi. They're both looking like they're going to announce and join the grid in the near future pretty soon. So that'll be a really big boost uh, for Formula One. And uh, I think otherwise, on track, let's look at the, the title fight. We know that Max Verstappen, he's built up a, a really big lead for Red Bull. He's performing very, very well. Ferrari, they've got to try and get their act together because they've had a yeah, pretty poor run of races. So uh, I think it'll be interesting how Ferrari can maybe bounce back. We've got three races in three weeks now, so it's going to be a really busy period. And I think it'll be really interesting just how it might swing the championship one way or another and whether by the end of this three weeks, Verstappen's well out of sight and will be well on his way to the title. We've spoken so much, Luke, about the exponential growth that um, Formula One's gone through since the Drive to Survive phenomenon, even before that, just under really hit its straps. So the expansion, when, when, when new manufacturers want to come in, are there only a certain amount of licenses the governing body can actually give to manufacturers, or are they talking about actually expanding the grid? Uh, yeah, so it is limited at the moment to 10 teams, and that's basically because they kind of protect everyone and make sure there's a, a franchise value. Similar thing we see in NFL. I don't know about um, Aussie rules or anything like that, but you can only have so many teams, and that kind of means that as the pot grows and all of the teams grow in value as well. 
So uh, with Porsche, they're going to be working with Red Bull, it looks like. Audi are going to be working with the Sauber team that's based in Switzerland because that's the only way they can get on. And uh, for any other new teams, like you hear there's an American team called Andretti, they really want to get an F1 team set up. But basically all the other teams are saying, well, hang on a minute, why should we give you a slice of our prize money just because you join the grid unless you prove you're basically going to grow the pot and grow the pie and make everyone uh, more well off. So, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting system. We've only got 10 teams at the moment. But I think as we see more manufacturers coming in, more showing an interest, and also like more drivers. Like There are so many drivers who you would say are F1 quality, but there's only 10 teams, there's only 20 seats. So it's uh, a big challenge for them. But yeah, at the moment, it's limited to 10. We'll see if that changes in the future. One of those drivers potentially, and hopefully Liam Lawson, from way down under here in New Zealand. We're very proud of him. <laughs> hopefully he can go on and have a... Have a crazy and stellar F1 career. Quickly, uh, Toto Wolf, Mercedes boss, is he happy? How's he going with the current situation? Obviously, Mercedes second and third with George Russell and, and Lewis Hamilton at the Hungarian Grand Prix. Mate, is that relationship still strong? And can we see Lewis getting back to where he's been before? Yeah, I think it is very strong. Uh, they said that having these struggles this year, it's not really a, a bad thing in terms of sort of learning how to become a better team and how to grow stronger. And the fact that Mercedes started the year so far off the pace and they've managed to take these big steps forwards, I think they've scored like six podiums in a row. So I think it's, it's looking promising. Like you see these great sort of sporting dynasties, they'll win lots of championships in a row and then all of a sudden it, it takes a bit of a dip. And I think that's when Mercedes are right now but they've not forgotten how to win championships or how to win races. And in Lewis Hamilton, you've got one of the greatest drivers of all time. So you can never really write them off. But I think that, yeah, it's been a bit of a tough year for them, but I think they are through the worst of it now. And I think they're going into the second half of the season thinking, right, let's really take the fight to Ferrari and Red Bull. We're not going to win a championship this year, but if we can get maybe a couple of race wins, that'd be a really good statement to make and then put all focus on to next year and then hopefully be able to, uh, yeah, fight once again for a championship. Can anyone stop Max? Uh, I don't think so, sadly. As much as I would love <laughs> to see the championship go right the way to the wire once again. But yeah, just Max, he's not making any mistakes right now. That's the thing. He's in such good form. He's in a really good groove. Ferrari keep dropping the ball just when they've got a chance to, to win a race. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to take something very special to stop Max. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we, yeah, in a few weeks' time, we're talking about his lead being well over 100 points. And then it's really a matter of when, not if, he wins a second championship. Beautiful. Luke Smith of Autosport, we appreciate you coming on, mate. Formula One reporter and giving us a good insight to what's unfolding there with McLaren and Daniel Ricciardo and some new teams, Porsche. Oh, it'll be good to see them on the, on the grid. Thank you so much, Luke. Appreciate your time. Thank you, boys. Have a good day. There he is, Luke Smith. Feels good, mate. Porsche. Have they ever been a part of the Audi. Formula One? I don't think they Audi, have. Porsche. I don't, mm. I, I don't think they have, but someone will correct me on double eight, double three. Isn't that interesting what he's saying that there are? Because that's what I thought. They would have to cap the licenses. So you could, because you wouldn't want to all of a sudden, like expansion, a lot of these. They, they expand eventually, but you wouldn't want to all of a sudden say there are 20. 
teams in F1, mm. would you? Because it devalues what it is. So obviously they're going to have to yeah. attach themselves to already people with the licenses and cut a deal, and that's the, what the manufacturers have to find and do. The politics of it and the kind of business of it is really interesting, Kempi, because I think they see it as dollar signs at the moment with the coverage they get. Yeah, look, while he was talking, uh, that's what I was thinking. Like, man, the money that these guys put into the sport, like where mm. it comes from, is it, is, it, is it solely media rights or is it just su- supported by multi-billionaires? Well, the guy that Aston Martin dude, um, the st- uh, Stroll, isn't it? Um, he yeah. he yeah. is, he pretty much has, he's like the major stakeholder in Aston Martin, I'm pretty sure. He's worth gazillions and he just poured into it. Then there was the Russian bloke who, um, just poured so much money into it to get his son in the seat, and he obviously that didn't work out well for them. But yeah, kind of a bit of both, I think. Is he? Yeah, there is a bit of both, and, and there is so much money that let Stroll obviously owns Aston Martin. He's got his son uh, riding uh, for Aston, driving for Aston Martin at the moment. And it just shows, eh? Like twenty seats, you've got to be very good. And uh, Liam Lawson is obviously very, very good. Twenty seats out of the world, like crazy. If you think, I want to ask Aroha when we come back. I know we're going to get off for, off the back fence. But Aroha, there's Team Haas and there's Williams. They're probably the minor teams. Williams has so much history. Can you get rid of them? Can someone replace Williams? And, and Which is who have been there pretty much from the start. And then you've got Haas who have always been struggling. What? So, Which team did you yeah. want to know about? What did you want to know, Izzy? Oh, oh just, just if like Haas and Williams, um, they're probably like the teams. Team Haas and Team Williams are struggling. They've always struggled, so no, if a they new haven't. team comes in, do they, they haven't, re- they haven't do they always struggled. Um, Williams used to be a, a championship winner They, they just yeah, a few yeah. years ago, but right now they've kind of turned into, I know it sounds silly, but they, sat, they looked like a development team a couple of years mm. ago. They weren't doing so well. Um, Haas did really, really well at times before their drivers kind of blew up all their cars all the time. And... Um, I guess with those two teams, they look like they're around the bottom, but the new versions of cars means mm. the Haas has been quite competitive through the middle pack, and they brought one of their the drivers they booted out, unceremoniously booted out of the competition. They, they dragged him back in when Nikita Mazepin, who's a Russian driver, his father's a Russian oligarch and had been sponsoring the team, they cut ties with that sponsorship when the Ukraine invasion happened. Porsche has been part of Formula One before too, but I think like back in the 40s or 50s, I think. And there used to be more teams, many more teams. And even just a few years ago, anyone who was watching when Red Bull was peaking, they'll remember, and before, they'll remember teams like Marussia um, and Caterham, who who don't exist anymore and actually went through hard times. And sometimes they struggled to get one, one car on the track at some races, but there were like 24 drivers out on the track sometimes. Yeah, that's right. And um, Chris says, is there only 10 cars that race at a time? Well, no, every team has two cars out there well, until until Haas drives theirs into the wall. Um, and Stop that. that. Yeah, sorry. 23 and a bit past <laughs> yeah, but, uh, seven if Porsche come this morning. In, yes. Do those two teams replace them? Do they no. Porsche replace those teams? We'll come back, we'll come back to it. We'll, we'll circle back to that one. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, 24 minutes past seven. We'll get to Kempi's off the back fence after this. Here with Kempi's Warehouse. Great savings every day. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yesterday, the NRL Players Association announced they had negotiated a 78% refund for NRL players. This is to be reimbursed for the 20% reduction in salary that they agreed to take 
during the COVID-19 pandemic to help keep the game going. Firstly, let's congratulate the players for assisting the Commission in keeping the NRL functional. That was simply the right thing to do. But given the state of the game here in New Zealand, it got me thinking about what else could have been done with those $38 million. The $38 million that they have sim- that has simply been reallocated back to players' salaries. Now, don't get me wrong. Players should get everything they are worth. However, in this case, I think that the Players Association missed a golden opportunity to help the game here in New Zealand. New Zealand now produces more than a third of all participants through all competitions in the NRL. So I think there was a great opportunity, had a Kiwi been beside Daly Cherry Evans, to help him understand the game's predicament here in New Zealand. Man, even a third of that $38 million would have set up an opportunity to rehabilitate structural issues here in New Zealand. It could have strengthened the much-needed development and recruitment of players who feed that NRL machine. If the un- uh, if the NRL players understood the current state of play, by which I mean how New Zealand League communities assist the NRL, on nothing more than the smell of an oily rag, they just may be, they might have decided to redirect some of that multi-million dollar reimbursement. Come on NRL, come on Players Association, come on New Zealand players who actually sit on these boards. It is time to stop pillaging and find a way to make New Zealand League an equal to both New South Wales and Queensland. Stop, simply not good enough. If we don't have a voice, they will always take the lion's share and more. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. 29 away from eight. Well, Kempy, very well painted there. Very well painted, Kempy. Uh, 29 away from eight. Up after this, we'll get Izzy's reaction here as Aroha with the news for Kubota together with shaping and building New Zealand. But lots to think about there. Double eight, double three. Does Kempy make a good point? 0800 1508 to live in the Kennard's higher phone line. And is it only fair that the players themselves step up to give back to the beast that is feeding the NRL, New Zealand Rugby League? <laughs> Seven away from eight o'clock this morning. SENZ, we are 25 minutes past. No, we're not. We're 27 minutes away. It's the 25th of August. Jeez, too many numbers. I just tuned in. What did you shoot yesterday? Izzy says horse. Uh, Izzy would tell you by himself a little bit horse, but he went very good. You can stay listening for the exact number. A little bit of sports news before we get back to Kempe's thoughts around the NRL. Uh, Here we go. Thanks to the UFC for giving the Kiwis a huge chance at UFC 281 because Carlos Olberg this morning has been confirmed to be on the card with Dan Hooker, Brad Riddell, as well as Israel Adesanya, who's fighting, obviously, defending his middleweight title. And he's up to second on the pound-for-pound pound rankings now, which means we've got four Kiwis on one card in the Madison Square Garden, which is the most iconic palace in sports. So... That's pretty bloody cool, if you ask me. And in the world of golf, well, Jay Monaghan is the commissioner of the PGA Tour until Tiger Woods became the quasi-commissioner. He has announced that 12 PGA Tour events would have an average purse of 20 million US coming up in the new year. The top players will play in 12 and at least 20 events when you add in the uh, majors as well and a few others. And that would mean that the earning from actual prize money is pretty much their level par with LIV Tour. So incredible wow. news from the PGA Tour. And most importantly, 
anybody that's gone and defected to the live tour is not welcome back and they made that explicitly clear there's no way that they will have their pga tour card reinstated 25 away from eight uh those are your sports headlines izzy beautiful love that little reaction from uh the pga i've been waiting to see what they can come up with and if they're able to match it and how they've made a stance wow big news uh look honestly i'm going to give it to joe because joe's going to reply on the phone lines and then i'll follow joe because joe from gizzy's always gone the money here so joe from gizzy you want to reply to off the back fence from kempy what have you got mate oh mate love love the love the thought and everything that's behind what uh kempy's pushing through but Having been there at the weekend and seeing what's happening at the junior level, just with the Māori side and then talking to the, the cousins and nephews who are playing for the Burley Bears, mate, I don't think the Kiwi is going to get a seat at the table with the players' side, Kempi. And I'll tell you why. Players Association for the uh, NRL is powerful players, highly, highly paid from powerful clubs. And they sit there... And they didn't want to bring in the draft system. And remember when the draft system came in and they had the salary cap. And then they said, whoa, 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 whoa. If this is not working for us, get rid of the draft system. And then they brought in the salary cap. Salary cap's not working, right? So they need to find another way for them to look at how to get an even playing field, which is what the salary cap was supposed to do. But what happens? Powerful clubs with powerful backers bring all the top players to the top of the table. Look at the last 12 years, Storm Roosters and there's third-party agreements that smaller clubs like Warriors, like uh, Tigers and all these other ones can't match. And then we don't get a seat at the table. I don't think there's anyone from the Warriors sitting on that PFA, that Players Association, that players association Kempi, who's got a voice for the smaller clubs, right? And therefore, I think going forward, where are we as a nation going to muscle our way into and get onto the table? I love the passion. I'm right there with you. I'm your two IC when we're getting passion and getting the Kiwis pushing forward. But we're just trying to think, strike? Is that what we're looking for? We need, we need some angle that they're going to get up and they're going to respect us. Now, we'll smash them at the World Cup this year, okay? And then we'll get a little bit more there. But I think what you're finding is if a lot of the Pacific players and the Māori players and the Kiwi players pull away from wanting to play Origin, from wanting to play for Australia... Look at Australia's team. It's going, to be, it's going to be second or third in the tier. And then maybe we get some access. But our 18th team is going to be coming in. Let's get the Southern Bears rolling. Get- <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, Joe, Deb, you know, the, the, the conversation just then was all about voice. All right? So although you've got these guys making a decision to take a 20% pay cut to keep the COVID pan- pandemic at bay and the game going was fantastic. But what it, what for me, what it showed was an opportunity that even a fraction of that percentage could actually go back and save an ailing country's game, if they knew what was going on. You're dead right. We had we don't have the seat at the table, and what is he? The reason that is is because by the time the play, we don't have the game in the country, so they move overseas to play. By the time they've mm. made it, they've forgotten about New Zealand. Now, if we had someone like a Benji Marshall with a profile, you know, a Sonny Bill Williams with a profile going, you guys need to you know, do the same thing to help the game in New Zealand because it actually gives you 30% of your competition. I actually think it would happen. But see, no one bridges that conversation. It's, it's all well and true having someone at the seat, but you want to have someone that wants to be able to ask those big questions and, and demand what's best for them and, and the country and their people. So 
Look, I hope it eventuates. And it was interesting to hear that they actually got a payout. MP, they got the money back because a lot of uh, companies and, and places would have taken pay cuts and not done what the NRL have done and just, you know, and that would have been making a profit again because, look, there's people in the during the COVID times that struggled, but there is a hell of a lot of companies that really benefited from, from the COVID situations that took it for its advantage as well and took an advantage on the on their people. So, yep, I can understand what you say. $38 million back into the into the pot. I don't think you should punish the players. Um, I think the players, um, like you said, they deserve every single penny they get. But I feel like there's money in the game that needs to be allocated to those situations and those, those things that you're talking about that they just don't do, that are just put on the back burner because they don't have a voice. So again, passionate as always, can beat one up. Interesting thoughts, guys. 20 away from eight. After this, a little bit of NPC. We'll talk the other code with Matt Todd, Canterbury assistant coach. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Quarter of away from eight. Let's talk some NPC, Kempe. Yeah, the NPC rolls on this week with a tasty clash tomorrow night at what would probably be a very wet Lansdowne Park as Canterbury travel up to take on Tasman. The red and black machine was dented by the mighty Taranaki away last weekend. So we will be looking to right the ship while Tasman themselves have not started to their usual high standard. Matt Todd, an assistant coach of Canterbury and a friend of this show is on the line now. Morena Toddy. Morning, how are we going team? Yeah, not too bad mate. Uh, a tough week up in Taranaki last week. A lot of rain. What happened? Yeah, it was a tough week. It's always challenging when you go up to play Taranaki up there. And, um, you know, we just didn't quite get our game right. We are probably slow to adjust to the conditions. Even though we knew it was going to be wet, we probably we'd had some good success at, uh, attacking the previous weeks and maybe got caught in the mindset of playing a little bit too much. And just little stuff just here is then crept in. And then our discipline was poor as well. And it just sort of compounded... Um, on top of each other, and you know, you got to be you got to be on your game to to get wins away from home in this competition, and we weren't unfortunately. You started your career uh, with uh, you know two solid wins. You were the team to beat. I seen you at uh, Little Ripper Rugby Train. I said surely you put forty on the Taranaki, but you said <laughs> no, no, can't get complacent, and uh, you know obviously didn't get the result you you were after Toddy, but how, how have you approached this week as a coach? You know, you, you started your career as coaching pretty solidly and now you've got a bit of adversity. How have you approached this week? Yeah, I think it's just about taking the lessons from last week. Um, you know, it was a wet game. The track's probably going to be wet again this week as well, so we've got to make sure we learn from last week and, and don't make the same mistakes again. But, like, there's still good conversations with the boys. Um, you know, the mood's still good in the camp, so we just got to make sure... We're better than we were last week, and, and we take the the learnings and, and don't make the same mistakes again. Hey, hey, Toddy, have you transitioned from out of the playing ranks into that coach's mindset where you know the difference um, of what that that accountability model is? I don't know. It's always a learning. You know, first time doing coaching, it's certainly a learning curve, and each week's different. And um, you know, we've got a good coaching group around, you know, as, as a unit. So lean on those guys that have been in the job for longer and take their advice on board. And also a good playing group, like guys that have played with that I guess I can get their opinions off and um, respect their feedback. So it's certainly a learning curve and needs, like, say, each week's different. So it's about 
adjusting and, and learning and adapting week to week. Tony, I've heard some stories, mate. You, you're out there having a trot on defence and, and you're actually getting amongst it, mate. So is, is it true? You're putting your boots on, you just can't let it go? We just run out of numbers. You know what the physios are like in Canterbury. They're pulling people left, right and centre. So it's 15 on 10 at one stage, so I've got to just try try put some numbers on the park. But oh, I try not to, but if we get short, I'll, I'll fill in just to give us a meaningful session, I guess, get enough bodies on you the still, park. Still cheering them up? Still cheering them up, Toddy? Get a few turnovers, a few jackals? No, nah, none of that, mate. I'm just a body. Just get in the way, mate. I'm not putting the head on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. All right, Tasman, mate. Tasman have uh, struggled, but it's always been a, a colossus game and someone, some a game that Canterbury really looks forward to. Mate, what's your approach and, and how you've been – what's the been most focus points this week taking on Tasman? Yeah, exactly. It's always one we look forward to, obviously, against Tassie. Um, and, you know, they haven't had the best start, but it, it'll be irrelevant this weekend. They'll be, they'll be up for the game. Um, obviously their region's been hit pretty hard with, with the weather so they'll be highly motivated um, to put in a performance for their, for their fans and that so we just got to make sure we get like I said sort of early, get our lessons from last week um, and not not dwell on it too much we, we realise we made some mistakes mm. and we'll adjust those and fix those but at the same time you know we're confident in the style of footy and the brand of footy we play so we just need to uh, make sure we get back to playing our game and um and you know so I short turn around into into Tassie. It's um the boys have been busy this week. Mate, a name that's on everyone's minds, and you get a front row seat to witness it is Callan Grace. Callan Grace, mate. What, what's the first thing? First couple of words that spring to mind when you we hear the name Callan Grace, mate. What 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 impressed you so much about him? Just as um way he can influence the game in so many areas. You know, he just carries hard. No respect for his body. Just. You know, he's only got one speed and it's full speed. Defensively, you know, he can hit as good as anyone. So, um, And he just wants to learn. He just Every session he's putting in extras after training, wanting to get better, constantly grow. So, um, you know, he's got a massive future ahead of him and he's been awesome for us so far in this competition. And, we, you know, we love having him in the team. Oh, nice, mate. We're going to let you go because we know how much you love that analysis and that laptop work. So we'll get you back get, get back to the <laughs> office and get up top, mate, and uh, rip into another week of, of training. I'll see you on Saturday, Toddy. We'll head along to the test together. So look forward to catch up, bud. Appreciate it. Sounds good, mate. See you later. There is Matt Todd. Look, he's taking over the coaching role. I had a chat to him about it the other day. He's like, whew. Ah, oh, she's a lot easy playing, Daggy. A <laughs> 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 lot of laptop work, a lot oh, of clips. Mate, I'm like, mate. You get to hate that clips. laptop, let me tell you. They have laptops in your coaching. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of Plenty course. Of I didn't know how to use it, but we had one. <laughs> Look good you when you walking through the airport. <laughs> oh, yeah. You hey, bro, what's this button for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm the same, Kippy. Honestly, I was going to say, like, you go to, like, all these teams have got analysis and everyone that does all the clips for you get on this computer like, how do you do that? How do you do that? But I just hated it, eh? I watched my opposition and I watched trends in teams and kind of analyzed teams that way, but I wouldn't go into depth. Like some of these boys, man, after training three hours in the team room just on these laptops, like, wow. Now, I've got a couple of stories. I've got a couple of quick stories about that. The first one around understanding <laughs> that you're not a player and you're a coach. Mate, got tuned up about that because I backed the players one time when I should have not backed them. Um, but the second one and around the computer stuff, like we were innovative, mate. You know when the you know when the iPads first came out, yeah, 
They fired, mate, it was 2009, maybe? 2008, 2009. Oh, when old Jobsy got up there and did his... Yeah, he had the iPhone, the first iPhone. Yes, yeah, so yeah, I, right. I had an English, yeah. I had an English scientist, mate. He was out of Auckland University. He was over here. He was working in sport, and I, I brought him in on it. He was doing a PhD. I brought him into the Kiwi team, man. We were the first guys to to grab the iPad and use. We they didn't have drones then. We we used um, what do you call them? Those lifts. Those they're like a, a just on four wheels, and they've got a lift on them. A, yeah, a trailer um, lift. Yeah. Forklift. Yeah, and we and he used to send stuff directly to the coach, and the coaches couldn't get it. And we're saying we send you, so we filmed. We were filming trainees. Hydro ladder. Yeah, hydro. Like you know, it would pop up, and we give them an eagle cam view of the of the training sessions, and we'd fire it straight through to them on their laptop. It was too. We were too far ahead for them, mate. Now they got drones doing all that sort of stuff. When I read last week, oh, we got drones at training and stuff like that. Going. Yeah, man, would have been great back in the day if we had drones. We would have been killing it. Yeah, it seems to have made a lot easier. Seems a, a lot of great footage if they put them up and you can see you're running your sets and you can see who's out of off the defensive 100%. line and where the gaps are because you get the bird's eye view. It is six and a half away from eight and just quietly, Matt Todd using lessons instead of learnings. He would go real close in the <laughs> Joe Schmidt best bloke in the world stakes, wouldn't he? And then he might have slipped a little learnings in, but we'll let that one slide. Six. Oh, help me there. About ten, I'm going to wind him up on the week. I'm going to mate, learnings, get another word. He Excellent. listens, mate. He he used it. Unbelievable. To. He's a great. He's a he's a lyricist. Uh, eight away, uh, six six away for mate. After weeks of so much unsettledness, I feel like the All Blacks bus is slowly moving in the right direction. Yeah, there will always be doubters, and yes, we will always demand excellence. That's the expectations when you don the All Blacks jersey. But my question for you, the fans, the supporters, or even the knockers, what are your expectations for this team? What would be the one area on or off the field you would love to see improvement? Selections. Only a year out from Paris World Cup. Is there still positions that have you worried? Double eight double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine or 0800 811. We'd love to hear from you. Fire us through. Coming, coming up, we're going to talk to Ken Laban, Sky Sports commentator and just rugby guru. He's played a bit of league in his time too, so no doubt he'll... Talk some warriors. The big hour ahead. Give us a message. Coming up, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Thursday. We're nearing the end of the week, a big week of sports. Our Black Ferns take on the Wallaroos in Adelaide. The All Blacks take on Argentina. Pablo Matera, where it is, uh, interview 
on Aroha's news and uh, talking about the All Blacks pack done a job on South Africa and they're expecting a big one come Saturday. I'm sure Argentina will be right up for it. And the best, best thing about Argentina Test Match lads, the crowd. Oh, they are so passionate. They are so passionate, Kempi. They just get vocal. They embrace it. And they are just such lovely people. The Argentinian people, mate. Oh, very special. You been to an Argentina test match, Kempi? Not a, not a test match, but, like you know, I watched uh, Hugo Porter down in Taranaki, um, play Taranaki when they came over in his day. And, yeah, mm. man, it was... Any game in Taranaki that sticks out, and I've been to a few of them, yeah. that's the one that sticks out, is when Taranaki played Argentina. Yeah, they are very special. Playing over there, it's something different, man. Going the game, you've got about oh, about 20 guys on a motorcycle with shotguns, bazookas, and everything just taking <laughs> us to the stadium. It is crazy. But the whole drive to the stadium, you just start up and about like, wow, watching these guys on their bikes do do their thing and... Oh, it's a good match, and I'm looking forward to Saturday. Head along and sit in the stands. I actually rang my best mate. He's coming down from Auckland, Henry. You know, you know Henry boys. Yeah. The, uh, the Oracle. The Oracle. He knows a, a thing or two about well, dating, and he's taught Joe a few things in his time. Um, he's coming down, and he said to me, bro, I was like, why? And he goes, I've never watched a game with you in the stands. I was like, nah, I know. I've only ever watched one game, and you weren't there. So he was like, um, oh, so we're going to sit in the stands and watch a test match together. So it'll be... Be enjoyable, lads, and looking forward to um, seeing seeing what the boys can do. A few messages before we get to Ken Laban. We're just trying to track him down. Tui Vasa could do with a couple of outings before the World Cup. His ability to get across the advantage line with his footwork and also able to provide an offload behind the defence could be a point difference for our back line. Kempi, Tui Vasa, Sheik? I look, I think Seen he will. enough? Yeah, I think he will get a, a shot by the end of the year, and I think he'll get more than one shot. I think... You know, come uh, the Northern Tour, especially they'll 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 blood him before the World Cup. Yeah. So you know, it's just unfortunate circumstances given that they lost the Irish Test, that they were backs against the wall up mm-hmm. in Alice um, Park. Getting this team sort of right now has taken precedent, I guess, over some future plans, which were to give the likes of um, Roger and Leicester, you know, opportunities in the side as young players coming through. But I still think go going north, they, they get the, they get their crack. Both those players. Mm, okay, yeah, I I really thought, yeah RTSA RTS it's an interesting one. Like we've seen we've seen quite a lot in the Super Rugby. He's had a chance against Bad Plan. They obviously didn't get the job done there, but just love to see him get some consistent game time. And I know, Louis, you, you love having a conversation about this. Is RTS, play what is his best position? The wing. Play him? Where do you play him? Wing? I just, I mean, it's almost like the horse is bolted at this stage. I just feel like mm. this could, might be one of the great what-ifs if he doesn't kick on for a great all-back career because he just seemed like he was a... Layup, didn't he? He seemed like he had all the tools, but I just still—is his kick that bad? Is he that bad under the high ball? Like, what? What are they? What are they seeing in camp that we're not seeing, and we can't work out from the outside? Is he? Oh, if you think about it, maybe the outside ranks are quite stacked. They're quite stacked, and there's just talent galore there. That that might be one. Uh, one of the reasons is the Blues lacked a second five, so they needed someone to play there, and. That's how they, they moulded him into the second. I'm, I'm like, you may have loved to see him with a bit of space and a bit of ball in hand and 
and see what he's able to do. Like the best step in the NRL when he was playing, mate. You're breaking ankles left, right, and centre. And, and at 12, you probably can't see it. You see little bits of it just before he gets towards the defence line. He does that little shimmy, and, and he's he's done really well in certain situations, but it's a little bit more time. It is a different position and at full-back because you've got to relieve a lot of pressure. You've got to have a, have a boot because once you get in those kicking duels, that's when you've you got to make those good decisions. So we haven't seen him do it. In league, full-backs don't kick. So it's that unknown. But I, thought, I think he's got the skill sets to go back there and, and perform for sure. Um, so, yeah, interesting one. Why didn't the NZR have a Christchurch double header? ABs and Blackburns would have 100% sold out and some. That was from Brad. Oh, totally agree, Brad. That would have been a great scenario and a great competition to be able to watch our two women's and, and the All Blacks play in there. I, th I can only point it to the World Cup and selection that they needed to get the game done a week earlier so they can... Um, uh, get the World Cup, but they could have played last week's in Adelaide and yeah. this week back in Christchurch. That could have worked That's for sure. Right. So I don't know, I don't know the reasoning behind that, Louis. But I can only point to the World Cup, maybe selections. They're naming the team next Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, it's soon enough. And there's look, they're mm. going to give they're giving a lot of the sevens women a, a, a proper crack at Five it. Five weeks which, out, which is really cool. Look, I, don't, I just think it's poor organisation, Kimpy. It's just not a lot of foresight organisationally because Brad's exactly right. You need to do everything you can to be building the profile. The other thing I've seen a lot of criticism about this week, or actually heading into last week's test for the Black Ferns, is that the Rugby World Cup is pretty much based up in this part of the country and the South Island feels like they're missing out a little bit. Can you pass me one of those Rugby World Cup, uh, we've got these things dropped in here. Let's just have a look. Kempi, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it should be around the country, right? Well, it's a, oh, it's a World honey. Cup, and it's a celebration of rugby in the country, so it should be from, you know, we've got stadiums from Dunedin through uh, Otatahi up to Nelson. You so know, Eden all, Park, all of our NPC teams play throughout the country. So we've got Eden Park, Northland Event Centre and Waitakere Stadium. And I guess that is logistics-based and not wanting to have to commute too much. But I wonder if there was any part of you know the Christchurch fan base that just wanted... You know, I don't know. I don't know. But if there was a World Cup going to be there that they could promote and sell tickets for, would that have made a difference? I'm not sure. I've seen a lot of criticism about it, Is he? Oh, I've seen a lot too, and I can't understand it. I can only pinpoint it to costs. It always comes back to money, costs. You got to travel. You got to, you got a hotel. These these girls have got to be put in hotels, and, and it shouldn't be like that. This is a major World Cup, and Ruby Tooby's come out, and she's already said, I, I, I reckon New Zealand doesn't understand how big this is, how big this opportunity is for women's rugby and women's sport around the world. We're showcasing it on our on our doorstep. The next one's in England, and that will be. You've seen the crowds over there when they play Six Nations, sold out, sold out. So this is an opportunity to really rally behind the girls. And I don't know about you boys, but from what I'm seeing, I'm getting excited. I am getting excited. These these women players have been given all the tools, all the resources, the backing from NZR, which is great, love it. The backing to get everything they need go over here and do the job come five weeks' time when they take on the Wallaroos at Eden Park, mate. Um, we nearly, we really need to rally behind them and get behind them. I wish they had games down here, Louis. I wish I, they did, and I, I reckon someone needs to explain why they haven't because I don't know about you, but I haven't heard any reasoning for it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think I think your your um, assumption around cost is probably okay. Boys, can I just – we're just hearing we're, – we're not – Okay, having any luck pinning Ken Labour down. But do you mind if I read you and everybody on 0800 150 811 
and double eight double three. The intro I had written for him and just actually put it to you because we were going to ask Ken about this, but I think everybody here is more than qualified to chime in. Help us out. We don't have Ken, but we do have a rugby public. The reason we were going to chat to Ken was because, and this I'll read it for what I've written for Ken. There's about as much footy on as ever there has been before. We've got everything from this weekend rep footy. I know uh, North Canterbury are taking on Ellesmere for the Shield out there, which is such a big clash, really important to those regions. We've got first 15 code starting to come to the pointy end of the season. Uh, under 85s, I think they're at the semifinals. We've got Heartland, MPC, Farapama Cup. We've got the Test Match Rugby. I'm sure I've left some out there, and this is just rugby, not even speaking about league, Kempe, which I'm not sure if there are still league competitions going on, but I dare say there would be. So I was going to ask, Ken, we were, we we're going to get Ken on and ask him, is the standard across the board at a really healthy place? Because when the when the All Blacks were under the pump and getting towed up, we kept saying, oh, do we have the cattle? Yes, we do. But then we would also say, oh, but it's not quite the golden era at the elite stage. But what about out in the public, in the rugby public? Do we think across the board in our competitions, we've got even competitions for men and women that are actually producing enough depth and a wide range of rugby skills across the board? And I know Ken watches about as much rugby as anyone, so that's what we were going to put to him. But what do you think on 0800 What do you guys think, MB? I always think there's enough talent and depth in here because I see what happens throughout the NRL with their recruitment strategy and also with the Super uh, Super Rugby NPC here. So we've got lots of kids, and especially I think the I think the number as far as women's growth in rugby league is around thirty percent at the moment annually. So women in sport across the board is becoming more prominent. You know, not just in, on the football field, but also off the football field. So. Um, when you're asking about depth and competitions, like the under-85s competition is a real cool one. Very cool. You know, you've gone and mm-hmm. got a little bit innovative around how do we attract more members to play football, and as that maturation problem that we have up here, especially in Tamaki, where our, our younger kids are a lot bigger, especially our Polynesian kids, have gone, well, let's create some grades and some competition around New Zealand and under-85 competition. I know a young kid who's a good mate of my son's who plays in that competition, and mate, he raves about it. You know, playing against guys his own size. So, depth-wise, yep, I think it is um, around the World Cup and why they play it in one stage. It's definitely got to do with money, you know, because there's obviously host rights and and costs associated with it. Um, they just have, I, look. You can't. I suppose you can't have it all your own way. There's this, you know, there's got to be some cost that that has to be considered. And when you've got an All Black team and a and a and a Black Ferns team that are going okay, man. That must there must be so much outgoing with that, is is all I can think about. Why they're just playing those games up here in in the North Island. Well, there's a couple of messages as you'll just get to you in a second. Uh, Goose says it wasn't based around COVID in case of uncertainty, but then Dave says, um, and I don't know how much this got to with Mark Robinson, Dave, but he just wants to put the boot in and say he should be sacked um, because the women's cricket World Cup managed to be all around the country and way more trying conditions with COVID. So is there a performance aspect that's missed here from, I don't know though, wouldn't it be a world rugby event, not New Zealand rugby? And then somebody says, well, the Women's Rugby World Cup falls in the school holidays. Perhaps there was an assumption that families would travel north to see the games. Well, that's not really good enough, is he? Nah, nah, mate. Like, oh, and then the COVID excuse, oh, I'm over that. I know, like that's, that's the world's opening up. Go around the world, it's back to normal and everyone's just getting along. Honestly, there was a... You know, we I think we we did extremely well to do what we've done, but we just got to move on. So that COVID, if it is COVID, wow, 
is yeah, because the Cricket World Cup, they went around the whole country. And your question on on the rugby, I reckon we've got enough cattle. I think there's plenty of cattle. We just don't have any 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 bull, trophy bulls. We just don't have any trophy bulls that'll go to the sales and just sell for plenty. That's what I reckon. I reckon do you think they're out there cattle. somewhere though? Like the NRL scouts find them. Uh they are, and if they if they are out there, they're, they're not being seen. But you look at our under twenties, and we've spoken about it before. And our age grades, we haven't. We've always traditionally won the competition. Gone over there, we've come third, and we haven't really won the tournament. For I don't even know the last. I think it was when Razor was coaching. We won the last tournament there, the under twenties. So that's where you get an inkling of where we're at. In the girls' side, I think we're we're flying. Yeah, I mean, talents there. Yeah, we are flying, but in the men's side. I just think there's plenty of cattle. We just don't have any trophy bulls. And the participation in the women's game is growing. Uh, and I, I kind of take this away, and I, I do know that the participation has struggled on the other side of it. Um, but I was kind of less meaning the participation, more about the actual quality across the competitions. There's so many competitions. And I think the NPC this year is shown with Otago at the top and um, teams going well and teams, like I feel like there's been a real evenness. Northland also play well, even Southland, really competitive. I think that there's a competitive nature of the MPC, which is really impressive. And I just wanted to know from Ken, you know, was that gonna, was that the same across the board? And um, is, you know, people on the ground, like Izzy, when you went and watched your nephew play in the weekend, were you impressed at the standard? Like I know it's hard to remember what sort of standard it was when you were playing that level and, you know, we always like to throw yeah. back to the halcyon days and the great days, but were you impressed with the kids' catch and pass skills and that stuff? Yeah, I was very impressed. It was it was awesome to go back and watch, eh, the under-14s and under-15s. Just just mem- memories come flooding back. Um, uh, yeah, it was awesome, bro. And the talent is very good. There's so much talent. My nephew in the Hawks Bay, he's a good little player, little Gabe Deha there, one to watch, but there was plenty in the Hastings boys. But I was awesome watching my Lindisfarne. They were just... Uh, I spoke to the coach afterwards, Matt Kitty says, boys, we're not going to match them with talent, but we will match them with um, our work ethic and, and our attitudes. And they went out there and they just went hard. Bunch of you know, Pākehā farmers from the Hawke's Bay just really doing the job and and, and getting it done. So, uh, yeah, there you go. It's, um, it's I, th- I think what people are missing here, I think what people are missing here is the talent is always here. All right? So... What's changed since 1995 is that expectations through professionalism has pushed up the mindset of not just the the people that are professional players, but also the people that watch professional sport. The talent is the same when you're going into rural countries, um, rural country to watch footballers play. They don't go straight into professional systems and and crack it overnight, if you remember pre-1995. So what people's expectations now are when they're watching rural sport is that they should be pre- pre- um, performing like they are professionally when they're watching them on TV and stuff. And I think that's unfair. I think that's why the NRL recruitment strategy in New Zealand is so successful because they know they got to take them out of New Zealand and give them the time to develop and why we've got so many kids coming through that system. So when you ask about talent, yes, we, of course we have talent. We always are going to have talent with the oval ball. The difference is 1995 when rugby turned professional has, has changed everyone's expectation when they're watching a kid play for Lindisfield, for instance, for Waitara High School, for instance, because they think they should be hitting the straps at that age, which was never the case when I turned, turned pro. 
You know what I mean? It takes a while to get there. Yeah, nice, Kempi. I've had a couple of messages through here on the hotline. Um, put the boot into NZR for this. They've half-assed it. They'd never, ever do it for the men's game around the Women's Rugby World Cup. And, yes, a little bit of uh, acknowledge that it is an issue with World Rugby as well as NZR, but the cut price um, pitch that New Zealand Rugby put up was why WUR World Rugby are so into it. Um, and that's really sad. A text here, hey, will we fill, will the Women's World Cup fill in Park? I don't think the depth is there quite there in the Palma Cup teams, maybe too, too many men's teams as well. I don't know, will the Women's Rugby World Cup fill Eden Park? Uh, looking at the Christchurch crowd, I'd have to say absolutely not. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. Like That's what I mean, like, Ruby Tui's comments. Like, yeah. Does it excite you? Does it excite you? I want to know, double eight, double three, does women's rugby and what we're seeing with the Blackburns, does that excite you enough to go along and support them? I'd hope so. I'd hope so. If, if there was an opportunity for me to go to the game, I'd be there in the blink of an eye. But I'd love to get a genuine consensus, general consensus of where everyone sits. Yeah. Mm. 0800 Are you coming? Oh, yeah. E- easy enough to fill 22 minutes, boys. Good stuff. And Mark, lads in Aroha, I forgot about the Southbridge Shield match this weekend, Ellesmere versus North Canterbury. I am now chasing my bets, so I challenge you this time, Louie. I'll take Ellesmere, you take North Canterbury. You can name the stakes. What should we be putting up here? Um, Child Cancer Foundation again. Well, it is our HRNZ and GRNZ day. So, Mark, I'm not as much as a high roller as Izzy, so I'll give you a 50. I'll give you a 50 on that. <laughs> Don't look at me like that, Daggy. Do not look oh, mate, at I've me like you, that. I've seen your multis. Oh, now you're a house owner, though. You've got to be responsible. <laughs> That's right. i got nothing left. The bank's got it all. But Mark will take you up on that little 50 to the uh, Child Cancer Foundation. 22 minutes past eight here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Back with TAB.co.nz. Paulie Mawadi after this. 28 minutes past 18 this morning. All right, let's get to tab.co.nz. Paulie Mawati is on the line. G'day, Paul. G'day, Louie. How are you? Oh, I'm so good, mate, because this no deductions thing, I see, saw that um, Andrew Forsberg actually had a winner at uh, Sandown yesterday, I'm pretty sure it was. And St. Bethans. St. Bethans. <laughs> Opened up at $14. Deductions? What did it close yeah. at? Uh, I think it closed around six dollars and fifty cents. There were about ten or eleven scratchings out of that race. A number of them uh, single-digit odds. Um, but if you got the fourteen dollars uh, early on, that's what you got in the end as well. I can tell you there were a few that got the fourteen dollars as well on St. Bathens in the last race at Sandown yesterday. So already the no deductions is paying off for punters. Oh, I just love it, and you know, I'm, you know that I've been like absolutely scrolling the fields for this weekend, and every greyhound meet and every harness meet, trying to see if there's multiple Mark Purden runners in the same race, and which one's going to come out. And <laughs> it's got to be so good, man. I just honestly applaud you guys for giving it a crack. I've seen lots of Aussie commentary saying that there's no way you're going to make the distance, so you'll go broke. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see how that turns out, but yeah, uh, um, well, we hope not. Yeah, Andrew Paulsman and Saint Bathans have already helped punters out. Ah, oh, that's cool. Good stuff, mate. What else you got going on? 
Um, what have we got? Well, we've got a bit of NRL tonight, and it's a big, big game too in terms of top eight, top four permutations. The Brisbane Broncos hosting the Parramatta Eels. Broncos sitting in eighth place at the moment, two points ahead of the Canberra Raiders. Broncos 220 to win that match. The Parramatta Eels $1.64, two and a half times as much money on the Parramatta Eels. Uh, to win that match than what we've taken on the Brisbane Broncos. Also, the Rugby Championship. Still a lot of support for Argentina at $7 to beat the All Blacks. But in the winning team and margin market, uh, it's the All Blacks, 13 and over, that has been very, very well back. But the other match is where it's, there's some really, really interesting turnover. South Africa, $1.52 favourites to beat Australia on Saturday afternoon. Australia 260. We've taken more than 10 times as much money on South Africa at $1.52 than we've taken on Australia at 260. So a lot of action, a lot of support for the South Africans to win that test match on Saturday afternoon. Mm, interesting. Interesting. They struggle over there, but I reckon they'll be too good. I reckon they'll be too good in Australia up against the Wallaboos who have been hit with some injuries as of late. Thank you, Paulie. Appreciate your time. We'll talk again tomorrow. No, we won't put Morris tomorrow. 29 away from 9. Download the TAB app today to get involved. Right, Harness Racing New Zealand. We'll get to that. Uh, pacing for purpose after this. And some headlines and your text messages, which are running hot on the women's game, which is awesome to see. There's so much passion out there. We'll get to those. 29 away from 9 here. Here's Aroha with the News for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. SENZ were 27 minutes away from 9 o'clock this morning. Plenty going on in the world of sport, including, including Crawley Town. Now, this is a second division English football team, Kempe, and they bet Fulham in the first round of the Carabao Cup. And tomorrow on the show, we're speaking to the owner. Oh, unbelievable. Fulham, mate, one of my, one of my favourite teams too. Well, um, they've been slain. They are, yeah. By Not good. Crawley Town. Crawley down. Joey has tracked down the owner, so we're going to chat to him tomorrow. There's LDV 4X4 diesel double cab ute from 42.990. Save the ute tax with the LDV 4X4. Elsewhere, well, Pablo Matera is back in the Garden City and looking forward to getting ripped into the All Blacks, and I think they're scared of him. He knows who Jason Ryan is, though. They had a great affinity while he played for the Crusaders. I miss this place a lot, so I'm really happy to to be back here again and preparing to play against the All Blacks. So I think there's nothing better to be here and preparing that game. The the pack of the All Blacks looks really strong, and I'm sure that now with Jess, it's even stronger. He's the, the the best forward coach I ever I ever met. And in breaking news, at 25 away from nine, it has been reconfirmed that Matt Todd is the greatest of all time because. Matt Todd saying lessons not learning has been picked up on Twitter and uh, people are demanding that he gets reinstated as All Blacks open side and also player coach, is he? <laughs> oh, I let him know because he's not the social media type of guy. He shies well away from that. So I'll let him know that Jamie Wall's a huge fan. <laughs> Jamie, yeah. Jamie Wall don't miss much. I heard, as soon as he said lessons, I knew. I knew there was about 20 people... 
that 20 journalists that obsess over it, it that are going to absolutely all um, love it all at once. Right, some messages here on the Rugby World Cup. Let me rattle through a few. Uh, Izzy, we don't have the trophy bulls because they escape the paddock to the neighbour's house and then get sold because the owner has had enough. Right, that's on Izzy's trophy bull analogy. <laughs> hey, guys, I live in Canterbury, and maybe I live under a rock, but where was the marketing for the Black Ferns? Need a bit more of a build-up, don't you think? Cheers, Woody. Yes, Woody, we do think. We... Does anyone know that there's a Rugby League World Cup on this year? It's a couple of months away. Yeah. What's in, that's yep. in the UK, no, though, mate. I don't care. Well, what's... That oh, wasn't the question. Apples, oranges... No. I a- do, Kempe. Apples, apples. I do, Kempe. What? I do that because uh, who do, was it last year when the players pulled out? They didn't want to go because of COVID. So they, was that that? Well, that was the World Cup. They had to delay it, eh? That's right. Yeah. Oh, oh, Kempe, I don't quite mm. get your point. We do know because we've talked about the Kiwis are going to win. No, I'm talking about the advertising. Like the question here is, hey, guys, I live in Canterbury nah, and maybe I live nothing. under a rock. But where are all the marketing for the Black Ferns? This is here. I'm, yeah, no, no, I know, but my question is: Does anyone know if there's a rugby league World Cup? And no, I've seen, I've seen nothing. Bugger all! But I bet you, if you're up there and blokes like Carl Hall, where he is, and he's got the, is he the Samoan base in that town, which name escapes me? Uh, Doncaster. Doncaster. I bet you that advertising and trying to get people there and building awareness. And Woody has made a great point. If you're in Canterbury and there was a Black Ferns game last week and there was barely sold out in a Rugby World Cup year, has enough been done by the governing body? No. Pointed question, but... Mm. I watched it on TV and their commitment was great. I loved it, said Mark. And the quality is good. I liked watching the Black Ferns, but some of the standard in Farrah Palmer Cup level is B-level. It's like having all backs go and play club footy. They are good but then you see your club battlers and they're a struggle to catch the ball. And you have to wonder, and there's another text here from Joe, that the women's 15s in rugby is average to watch. Yes, they have some players with great skills, but the game is slow compared to the men's. Sure, okay. Apples and, again, apples and oranges. But I guess what the point is, maybe there's a massive gap between the stars and the, the everyday players, is he? And is the investment going into the right place to make sure the pool the pool of the, you know, the 90% of the players is at a level that can actually get the last 10% enough, high enough to win a Rugby World Cup? Yeah, but if we can, if we continue down this path from seeing the far pole, I actually think the standard hasn't been too bad. Yeah, there's a few teams that get pumped and, and you know, some of the, the girls that quite aren't up to standard. But the, the more that we display this and the more that we give these players opportunities, it's only going to better the game. Instead of staying dormant and, and not giving these girls opportunities to play at the highest level, that's where we're going to get these players um, churning out of. And, I've, mate, honestly, I've been hugely impressed with... Um, how the, the Fire Palmer Cups unfolded. It's been great watch, mm. particularly with the big teams. You know, like you watch the Canterbury's and, and the Aucklands, mate. I'd, I'd sit down on my Saturday Arvo and watch those games. They are a great watch. Yeah, and of course, the skill level. You don't have the school competitions mm. of, of girls playing week in, week out. You don't have the Super 8. You know what I mean? So, of course, and mm. it is apples and oranges, but, Louis, with, between men yeah, and women, the way I, they play. But I think the school level's been great too. Yeah, I think you got to put that comment to the side. You don't, totally. you can't compare. Completely because they're different products, they're different athletes. They've got different genetic makeups, and they're just totally different. Yeah. But you put your sporting mind on, and how much you love the game, and you see what these 
these girls and these women's uh, players are able to do, and you just enjoy that side of it, that's how you get the satisfaction from it, I feel. Okay, a couple more. I don't understand why does rugby union have an infatuation of playing lead converts at 12? Uh, Sunny Bill, Burgess, now RTS, three completely different yeah. players with completely different skills. You don't expect to, pl- to play the same position. Please explain, lads. RTS should be 14. He'd be like a Nehem on a scatter on roids. Oh, and that's not my burner. That's not my burner number. That's <laughs> not. That's from Jimmy. Kempe. What do they do at Kempe? Why do they continue to chuck them in the midfield? Is that because they got that mad trail being big, strong, and offload, or, or what? Well, I, th- I think that's what happened. I think Sonny Bill Williams, when he came in and introduced the offload the way that he did to the game and changed the sh- change the shape of the attack, um, yeah. being a big big body in a crash position that you played at second five eight. Offload you know, threat though, different from Roger. Yeah, well, Roger's got an offload threat, but his his offloads of through footwork the. What people don't really talk about around the set that being in second five is that the defensive line isn't ten metres away from you when you're running at it, so your decision your decisions have to be made really quick, and you're not being ragdolled by a bloke the same size as you, and if a four, if a front row forward gets hold of you or a flanker or a number eight, and then they all pile into you, it's a little bit different than getting a two man three man tackle. Nice stuff, Kempe. Let's get mm. to Joey on the Kennard's half final very quickly. Joey, what you got on the Black Ferns? Yeah, boys, yeah, well, the rugby union got it wrong. I mean, why wouldn't you be playing the, the, the Black Ferns tomorrow as a curtain raiser to the All Blacks? And they're, and they're now going over to Adelaide, playing over there, where they could have been, they could have switched it round, played Adelaide last week, and played here as a, as a curtain raiser this week. And, you, I mean, and then they're playing, they're playing with 30,000 people watching them. I mean, it's just a no-brainer. I mean, whoever's running the rugby union, or, you know, you look out, it's... it's a month away when you book it out. It's not that hard to do, yeah. is it? Simple. We we know who's running it. We know who's running it, and uh, he can't seem to get too much right at the moment, is old Mark Robinson. Um, is it something to do with the ground? Well, no. What it will be is the, uh, the, the Wallabies are playing South Africa at Adelaide, so it's obviously for whatever reason the bargaining power was broadcast. with Australia in this one. Was it broadcast deal? I don't know what. And Kim, beyond the broadcast deal, we need to have a chat about that and on the Rugby League World Cup because why that's not being pumped up as much in rugby, there is a, a few different ideas and a few different question marks around governing bodies, broadcasters, and the players and the actual promotion companies that are paid big money to do it. But it's something we need to get into. We can't do it now, though, because we're talking Who's too got much. Who's right? Don't know. Let's investigate. 18 away from nine. Back after this with Pacing for Purpose and Around the Grounds. It's Harness Racing New Zealand Pacing for Purpose Season 2. Alrighty, it's going to be a great week for the Child Cancer Foundation because uh, Izzy's already nicked 100 bucks off Mark from Tauranga, which is uh, very sharp work with your irons. What did you shoot for horse in the end, Izzy? 70... Uh, even, 72. Gee, that's a good effort. That's a hell of a round under pressure of uh, Mark. So well done to you Great. and well done to the Child yeah. Cancer Foundation because hrnz.co.nz, we're pacing for purpose. We're going 50 on number 10, race 6 at Cambridge tonight, the big dance. Major player. Had a flat tyre two weeks back and just kept pacing. Just the big kept. dance. I love it. The big dance. Uh, he's raced in nice fields, and today, from back in the field, off the mobile pace, he is going to roll forward, hopefully, and be too strong at four dollars twenty. So, a little two hundred fifty bucks for the Child Cancer Foundation. There you go. That's what we will be doing with hrnz.co.nz. That'd be his um, name if he was a boxer. 
Is he the big dance dagger? <laughs> big dance. If only I could dance, Kempi. Oh, we, mate, we've seen I'm it. Cut that out, Izzy. Horrible, we've seen it. I'm a horrible, horrible dancer there, Kempi. We should do a potty no, with no, the dance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Around the grounds with Rainbird, the intelligent the use of water. Yo, yo. <laughs> you were good. Is Daisy back today, mate? Oh, hopefully. Right, honestly, don't sleep with your kids. I tell you, I'm right. Other on my left, woke up Tilly knocking me out at midnight, and I was like, I'm done. Went back to Arlo's bed. Next minute, Arlo comes down with his torch. Dad, where are you? Four o'clock. I was like, brah, get in bed. They just took Dad for a ride. No oh. no routine. That's no routine dagger. Go, on, go, go to Izzy's Instagram and have a look at Tilly just... Oh, just running a clinic on the old man yesterday, just with the pouty face and the just no real reason why she can't sleep in her own bed apart from she gets her cast off boys today. So happy days here in the Dag House. Okay, very quickly, the Tour Championship Friday, three forty-five a.m. East Lake Golf Club, Atlanta. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, Cam Smith, Rory McIlroy, the big dogs. Is he? Oh, I'm going to go Patrick Hanley. I think back to he's back. got a bit of confidence after winning that. I'm year. going Schiffler. Yeah, Schiffler, two-shot lead. Army versus Hanley. the Navy, Friday. What sport is this, Joe? Rugby? Uh, we just, are they going to war against each other? Yes, it is indeed. It's we rugby. saw it from Richie's text oh, earlier. Perfect, right. Army versus the Navy, 1.30pm, North Shore Rugby Club Grounds. Are you more of a Navy or an mm. Army guy, Kimpy? Uh, well, I know guys in both, so I'm, I like them both. Like, I'm not going to put them. I'm not going to put them in a fence. Mm. At it. All right, boring. Tasman versus Canterbury Friday, <laughs> five thirty-five Lansdowne Park. Not very often. Canterbury. Hawks yep. Bay versus North Harbour Saturday, two o five McLean Park, Kimpy. Hawks Bay. <laughs> I ask Kimpy. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm just going to let Izzy just take it all. Take it all. What yeah. about this one? Uh-huh. Liverpool versus Bournemouth, the cellar dwellers. The bottom of the bottom of the table. 2 a.m. Anfield. Bournemouth by Bournemouth. four. <laughs> Bournemouth. <laughs> Wallaroos versus Blackburn, Saturday, 2.45 p.m. Adelaide Oval. Adelaide. Mate, I'll tell you what, if the Blackburn school level gets lifted 5%, they win by 60. Mm. Blackburns. Blackburns, yep. Easy. All Blacks Argentina, 705 Orange Theory, Saturday. Ooh, that's a tough All Blacks one. by 25. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, come on, mate. All Blacks by All Blacks 13 plus. <laughs> yeah, okay. And um, <laughs> I thought you were going to go Argentina. Oh, mate, I, watched, I watched Argentina. <laughs> well, I watched that Argentina Aussie game, mate, and just the way that. Argentinians put their bodies on the line. Like they are, they are passionate. That can mate. that can scare teams, mate. 
Um, tomorrow yeah. we're going to come back with Warriors and the Cowboys because that's tomorrow. So if you want some league, stay here for tomorrow. And there is a good text here from George we'll get to as well. A couple of very quick ones before we shoot off. Louis would be correct. Everyone's bemoaning NZR, but Oz also have a say in this when, where those Black Ferns games are played. Takes two to tango. Honestly, the All Blacks should be the curtain raiser to the Black Ferns in a World Cup year. I remember they did that at Twickenham a few years back and most of the crowd stayed on. Now, I don't know if any of us would have an issue with that, would we? Nah. No, no issue at all. Do it. Make it happen. Do it. Why would the woman want to play second fiddle to the All Blacks? Kids play curtain raises, not our top women's rugby players. They deserve to be the headline game played on their day. Well, maybe the All Blacks play before them. It's not second fiddle. That's an event at the same park. It's a double header. Magic round. I completely agree. And uh, guys, the Women's World Cup was organised under the full drama of COVID last year or more ago. Well, again, as Izzy said, we got to stop finding excuses. Seven away from nine. Smithy's not far away on ECNZ. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.